I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what team I'm going to work for. I just know this is what I want to do. And however that works out, that's how it's going to work out because I'm just going to be determined to make it happen. And now, man, you got three kids and a wife that depend on you. So there is really no other option. You have to make it work. You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on is because the way you coach, and I'd really like you to get in that. And I know you're 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 an open book kind of guy, but tell the audience uh, we have a I have a lot of uh, high school athletes, college athletes, athletes that are you know weekend warriors. Just tell the the audience your coaching philosophy, your coaching style, if you can uh, break it down for us, please. Yeah, I mean, my coaching style, number one, is it has to be the relationship piece first. I mean, I've had a chance a lot to take over a complete team and get introduced, and 100 dudes are looking at you like, who's this guy? So right. I've had a chance to kind of say, please don't respect me yet. Let me earn that respect from you and get to know you and interview you before we even get started. And I think that's what kind of sets me up to have a great start with the kids. And, and yeah, I have a lot of energy because I love what I do. And, yeah, I'm going to challenge them like they've never been challenged before. But I can't challenge them until they feel like they have someone in that room with them that cares deeply about them. And if you just miss that point, you're going to miss the whole part of programming. You're going to miss the whole part of being a coach in general because you're never going to get through to kids if you don't show that you care about them from the second you get there, like your history that you have, the background you have, the awards you've won, it doesn't matter to these kids. What can you do for them? And, yeah, and that's yeah. the daily process of a coach that nobody really talks about, but it's the most important part. Mm -hmm. And I, I've heard you speak a few times via YouTube and not just, the, the motivation and inspirational speeches are tremendous, so thank you for that. But uh, uh, just speaking in general, like uh, uh, addressing the, the uh, I think it was a, uh, a group, a uh, room of strength coaches. But coach, how do you uh, work with the kid? I know you're, you just said you've got to connect with them. You've got to be understanding. I'm sure this, the empathy thing is in there. But how do you get a kid to understand that? Yeah, you, you, you're going to connect with him. You need to know who he is. You're going to take the time out to do that because you've learned that over your your history. But you're, you're going to be hard on him as well. How do you get him to understand why you're being hard on him? Because a lot of people can't digest that. Yeah, because the game we play is hard. And the life yeah. you got to live outside of this game is hard. And, like, every everything that I try to say to these kids, I've – tried to live through myself like I've experienced it I've gone through it or I've coached through it and that's where all these things come from yeah I read and yeah I listen to podcasts and that gives me a few of them but it's more of the 4am by myself 
to get insight to dive into these kids' hearts as soon as I see them that day. So, yeah, like these workouts that I give these kids on, especially every Friday, Fridays are crazy. Um, I do I do them like before they're there. So they know I've, it's already been tested. And it's not like I'm just slopping stuff on paper and say, hey, good luck, boys. Uh, they know that I already did it. I'm going to coach them through it, and it's possible. So mm-hmm. it's going to be hard. And guess what? I'm not barking down the tree at you. I'm helping you get there. And yeah, sometimes that comes off as let's go. But they believe in you that you're there for them. Like the beginning of the talk, it all goes into that lift as well. And there's going to be moments where I know they're about to hit that wall and I'm diving in at them and I'm coaching them hard. Mm -hmm. And if I got to get on a kid at times where he's not aligned or he's just, you know, barking back, then yeah, we sit down after, but you can't, you can't lose your cool on kids, but you got to be tough on them. And there's a fine line that you can never cross. Mm -hmm. Understood. 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 I'm sorry about that. I have a giant dog over here who's uh, can be a pain. Give me one second, Coach. I'm sorry. I'll, I can fix okay. this one. So, Coach, tell us about Friday workouts. Why is that so special and, and just a little bit different, a little bit unique? So I, I grew up in this profession under some really good mentors, and I thought some of the theme lifts that they would do were the most remembered things about the whole program, like the games, anything. Those lifts – I mean, I, I was a GA at Mississippi State 12 years ago, and those kids mm-hmm. still reach out to me talking about those lifts. And they just bring your team together. They make you guys want to play for each other, and they make you respect each other because going through some of that stuff, like the unrealistic challenges, the things that you don't know how you're going to finish but you do, that's the stuff that matters in the end, and, and it's the most memorable. So every Friday I have a different theme of uh, – of the week and it could be the gauntlet where it's just like a never ending cycle of lower body work. Again, it's been tested. I'm not saying just write whatever. Uh, sometimes I got to write less after I try stuff, you know, but <laughs> I, I think, I think having sometimes to have a teammate to rely on like the partner lift we do, it, it's shared reps. Like we might have 300 deadlifts to get with a trap bar. But it's you, me, and him working together to get to 300. And, hey, I got 50. All right, I got 40. All right, we're at 90. You know, it's just like that kind of stuff builds your whole team culture. And honestly, if, if it was just cookie cutter, copy and paste, uh, three-week, six-week cycles, I don't know if I'd be in this profession. Because making it exciting for the guys and being creative is what I truly enjoy. Understood. Understood. And you mentioned that it's, it's, I was super fortunate to play football for many years. And I realized one of the things that I thought, it's not that it was missing or not, but it was so strong in football was that bond and that camaraderie. And as you just said, coach, the camaraderie is formed through the most challenging and difficult times, right? When there's hardship there. And I think that's not really present in some of the business world. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of those businesses, they may have you know, been through rough times. I know I have with my business partners where we've had struggles, but they've been incredible. And, um, but we, we, you grow closer. I think that that bond, it's really hard for people to understand what happens during those challenging times. I know you do because you're a guide, you're a constant guide for them. Can you talk about that bond that is formed in the weight room? 
yeah, like there, there are weight room truths that like need to be known. And if you're not getting that in the weight room, you're missing out. Like holding people accountable is probably the best thing about it. You can't overlook someone skipping reps behind your coach's back unless you want to live with the result that you're not pleased with at the end of the season. Like it gives you an opportunity to be a leader. It gives you an opportunity to gain respect. It gives you an opportunity to lose respect. I mean, there, there are things that you can do in a weight room of just making a name for yourself. And I, look, the guys that are the strongest aren't the most impressive to me. The guys that are the, the toughest, those are the guys you want to go to war with. Like, if, if you can squat 500 pounds, that's awesome. But if you can, like, endure pain and, like, fight through struggle and fight through a really hard set and grind it out because it's bigger than just you, I'm going to war with you. And, and that's what I try to do every Friday here. We have our basic days on Monday and Wednesday. But then Friday, man, you better buckle up because you just don't know what's coming. And I love that because that's life. And if, if you study the film the whole week on an opponent, you are prepared to play that opponent. You still, though, do not know what they're about to run on play one. So you just got to you got to adapt and you got to you got to attack. So um, I think with all that said, the weight room really gives you the platform to be a leader, to be a great teammate to hold yourself accountable and to hold others accountable. Absolutely. Thank you, coach. Uh, super well said. Coach, have you ever had to have a talk with a, uh, an athlete that you're coaching that really believes they're working hard? They, they've convinced themselves they're working hard, but it's quite obvious they're not working hard. I know that it's, as I said, times have changed, but I just talked to a coach yesterday who, uh, he got in trouble for raising his voice at a player, you know, and I know times have changed and, and it's a fine line. And I, it is what it is. I respect that. You got, you got to uh, be mindful of those things, but how do you get a, a young man to, or, or athlete to understand, you know, you need to put out more. Uh, I, I know it's a broad, broad area and every, every conversation that you probably had is very specific, but, I know you lead with honesty, but what else is in there, coach? Yeah, so I think the best way to do that is we have a hunger board, and I've said it on multiple platforms before, but it's just we grade the kids on their effort. And sometimes, a lot, most of the time, a lot of kids don't agree with where they're at. And so satisfied, hungry, or starving, my staff and I will go down the list A to Z and talk about kids' effort at the end of the week and say, hey, so-and-so, what do you think? And everyone's like, all right, he's starving. And then we all tell each other why. Why is he starving? Because the kid never leaves the weight room. Because the kid gets the most out of everyone. Because the kid just shows up on Saturday when it's optional. Because the kid's relentless when he trains and he fights and he wants to be great. Okay, he's starving. Then there's kids that think they are that, but they never show up on a Saturday when it's optional. They don't get the most out of their teammates. But in, the, in their own mind, they're doing more than enough. So you got to have that board posted on that next Monday. And they're like, wait a second. Like, so then you sit down with them in the office and you're like, look, here's what everyone is saying about you. It's not like one guy is holding you back. We're all in agreement that you can do more. And we know you, we know you're capable of it. So it's really a wake up board. And, you know, at the end of the off season, we give the starving awards out. We call it first team all effort. 
And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think, it, I think it matters to the guys. I think it helps. And it's, it's more, uh, less emotion attached to it and more clear cut, giving them feedback on what they got to do. Right. Understood. Understood. So coach, you, you said before that you grew up in this field and, um, Tell me, have you always wanted to be a strength coach? Um, so I didn't really know what I wanted to do growing up, I, except play football. I didn't really have like a scope outside of that. So my junior year in college, I figured it out, and I, I got an opportunity to be an intern in South Florida when I moved home that summer. And I really, I really thought that that was the career I wanted to do. And I felt it in my heart to just find a way to stay in it. And, and it really, it just, it was who I was. I loved working hard. I loved football and I loved coaching kids. So it just blended. And then I just, now not to say like, this was very easy at all. Like nothing was handed to me. I'm a nobody. I played D three football and D two football. I had to grind my way up and make really good connections and sacrifice a lot and blah, blah, blah. But I think, I just knew when I got the chance to experiment with it and I loved it. Understood. Understood. And you have a, uh, only if you're comfortable coach, you, you have a family and you have three children, correct? Yep. Yeah. So what's I got it like nine year old boy. Down? I'm sorry, coach. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no. I was just going to say, I got a nine, six and a three year old. <laughs> Congrats. That's amazing. Um, I, you know, we obviously see, you know, stuff on, uh, social of your fam. How do you balance that? Because I know there's a lot of time necessary, time commitment, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into your work and you're raising, you know, your the strength coach is so essential. I remember when I went my recruiting visit and by the way, I only really got one, <laughs> but, uh, they said that you spend the majority of your time with the strength coach, not your position coach, not the head coach. It was strength coach, and that was very true. And I, I, I'll show you something real quick. The strength coach that I had 20 years ago sent me this yesterday. He made this for me. It says, dream big, wow. never quit. But he, that's just, I mean, it's not about this. It's the fact that I have a connection right. with him, and, uh, and he was an extraordinary man. We're still connected. And his son came to work at one of our facilities. But I know you have that connection, but you also have your own family. So how do you yeah. balance both? And I know it's tricky. Yeah, I mean you're right. The strength coach is that guy that like if you miss if you miss on the hire of a strength coach, you're gonna miss your entire culture, in my opinion. Because I've I've I am convinced that the strength coach is one of the more important people on staff by far, and just because you are the guy that's with them year round. All a lot of coaches have vacation and recruiting dead periods and times that they're not around because they are out recruiting and you are the head coach of that team. I mean, basically you're around. So, mm-hmm. um, with that said, uh, it's, it's just my family is, it's the toughest part. I mean, I'm so tired when I go home a lot and my wife is a saint and she, she does, <laughs> I mean, every hard thing that there is, like, I don't, like in my opinion and, and definitely her opinion, I don't work hard. Like she, I, she's like, Oh, you having, having problems at your dream job today. Is that, is that <laughs> okay. like, so 
you know, I, I can't go home and say anything, complain. Uh, I have to be very supportive. I have to try to help as much as I can. And it, it's just, it's a tough balance. I'm not going to lie. It's just hard to, you take advantage of your breaks, but it's just, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, you, I would always say I had a coach in college who was, uh, very much if I didn't know my father growing up and who's a father figure. And I remember thinking he spends so much time with us, but he has three kids at home. Like I wonder, I often wondered what his kids thought of him. And I know his kids worshiped him because he's a, a high character individual, uh, and very caring, very loving, oh, very tough as well, but he never saw them, you know, and he, and he was raising, you know, he recruited these kids, but there's 70 kids on the team and spending so much time with us. And I, I would literally, when I was 19, I would be thinking about that. I wonder how his kids yeah. feel. You know? yeah. So, um, I know it's a, it's a tricky balancing act. So, uh, all the respect in the world to you and all the coaches out there and, and the coaches that I was fortunate to, uh, get their time. So coach, yeah. you're also a, uh, early AM guy. You wake up early in the morning. What time are you rising daily? So the days that I, like, it changes at times, but like right now, um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm waking up at two 30 cause I, we have a lift group at six and I have to get it in before then. And we got to set up at five and all that stuff. So I try to be done pretty much by five fifteen, and then the day can start. So that like Tuesday and Thursday though, when I'm not training, I, I you know, I get to sleep in till like five. So, <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good sleep right there. What time are you going to bed about? Uh, Different nights with the kids' bedtime routine. So uh, it all depends on practices and schedules and if they wanted to take a bath and if they didn't want to take a bath and if they don't want to bottle then or if they do or if they wake up and if their nose is stuffy. If uh, So it all depends. So I'm going to say uh, 10. <laughs> wow. And you're burning it. You're burning that midnight oil. So... Uh... Credit to you, credit to you, and certainly your wife, who, as you said, sounds like a soul, uh, a warrior, not a soldier, a warrior. Um, so, Coach, I was a uh, aspiring, you know, my, I had a dream of playing professional football, but I was super obsessed with college football first. And as, let's say there's a, a large group of kids who listen to this show, and they're aspiring college athletes high school, middle school, call it what you will, what message would you share with them? They need some advice. What message would you share with these kids? I just think like get around the right people because it's hard to, it's hard to tell if you're around the wrong crowd until it's too late. So like you, you gotta, I know you've been growing up with your buddies, but like at some point you gotta, you gotta draw a line where your buddies either have to change or you have to change. And I, I hung out a little too long in high school doing the wrong stuff. And I, I okay. still, I'm still not proud of that. And I wish I had someone tell me differently, but I mean, my parents tried to, my parents were saints. They did everything right, but I just wasn't hearing it for a while. And I, I was, you know, just, just messing up. And I think, it had a lot to do with just my environment. And I think if I was hanging out with 
and look, those kids were my best friends. So it's just what we knew then. It's what we were used to. It was normal. So if your normal is causing you setbacks, if your normal is causing you to get nowhere, you got to try to see that early on because you can go so much farther if you're around really good people and really good examples and people that you look up to and that don't, don't want to mess the weekend up because Monday's coming and you can be so far ahead if the weekend was just clean. So I think that's huge. And, and especially growing up in high school where peer pressure is everywhere and all you want to do is just hang out with the guys and do whatever you want and not think about the consequences, but just be smart and be careful who you hang with. Understood. Super helpful. Um, and if there's, you know, you have this, this young men who really, really want to be athletes. I mean, I, I guess I should ask this first. How do you, my wife is pregnant and she's expecting in two months. That's our first child. We are beyond excited. It's a, it's a boy. Super excited. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I'm over the moon. Um, how do you handle situations like you want your, your, your son to, you know, have discipline and, and be a good person? Do you push him to sports because there's a great structure there in discipline? How do you handle or, or, or guide them uh, in that nature? You know, like my wife kind of jokes with me about this, like, hey, you're teaching the world all this stuff, but are you going to teach our son? Like, you know, it, it gets kind of tricky because, yeah, he's, he's nine years old now. And I think him being up around the facility, wherever I've worked, he's, I mean, he's nine, but he's lived in five states. I think he's just been exposed to football and he's been exposed mm -hmm. to his dad being a coach and around the players. And so with that, he loved football as a, since forever. He's really into baseball, which I did not push at all. And I just kind of let him figure it out. And my wife's really the, you know, the questioner if, if he wants to try this or if he wants to try that. And if he does, I'm going to try to help him as much as I can. My wife's going to try to help him as much as she can. And I try, both of us try not to be too forceful you know, on making him do something he doesn't want to do. If he really wants to, though, we're going to work really hard with him to get him better. And I think okay. I've, I've heard I think I heard John Gordon say it one time, when you put too much pressure on your kids in sports, that's your ego that's getting in the way of your kid's life. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I see. Uh, I remember when I was in college. I know I understand I was playing it was Division One AA at the University of Richmond. I'm in college and I'm sitting in the head coach's office. I had, I had been in trouble, so I had to sit in his office uh, you know, for a month by his desk while I did my homework. And um parents would call the head coach. And I could just hear the conversation and I was thinking, what parent would call the head coach about their child? You know, and then he he hung up the phone one time and he said I was raised by my mother, single mother, and he said, you know why I love your mother? And I was thinking because she's a nice person. He said, because she never calls me. <laughs> she never calls me, Mark. I've never heard from your mother after I left your living room. And I was thinking, wow, that's interesting. But, you know, um, I, I think it's tricky. Like, 
Uh, I also heard Colin Coward say this once, Coach. He said, up until 16 years old, I'm a, I'm a parent, and I work really hard to help my, ch my kids have a great foundation. But after 16 years old, I'm a consultant. I'm no longer a parent. Because when they go to a party and I'm not there and they have to, they're forced to make a decision, I can only hope that the foundation that we've helped pave the way together is something special. But I'm just a consultant at that point. So wow. I thought that was yeah. powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have uh, um, kids that are – this is for kids who are who are going to play high school football and they are – they're not. They're spending time around good people. They're in a good circle, and they have to understand how much sacrifice and commitment goes into wanting to be great. And these are kids who openly say they want to be great, but sometimes I realize, coach, they might not understand what that means or how to go about it. What would you suggest for that high school kid, middle school kid, even college kid who's who's there now, and they they need to understand um, what hard work is and what the commitment looks like and how much time they need to put in. Yeah, so I think everyone wants to separate, but when it comes time to separate, nobody wants to do what that requires. So, like, you know, I, I always tell the guys, you want to be the 1%, right? But you keep doing what 99% of people do. So it, what? which one is it? Do you Are you going to just leave with the crowd every day after the lift? Are you going to just leave with the team after practice? Are you going to stay and catch 100 more balls off the jugs? Or are you going to stay and do a couple more footwork drills than the next guy? It's like you keep saying you want to be in front of all these people, but you keep doing the same amount of work they're doing and leaving when they leave. So the separation factor will never take place if you don't start to make time for yourself in the morning, at night, after class, whatever it is. But you got to find what works for your schedule to just get away. Like go do your own thing. You don't need anyone else. Just go to an open field. Just go to the weight room. Like, it's so simple that we make it so hard, though. It's like, uh, I read one of my favorite books is uh, The Slight Edge. It says, the easiest things to do are also the easiest things not to do. So this was the question about the, the internship and someone wants to break out in an injury. It could be strength and conditioning. It could really be anything. They may have an opportunity, but it may not be, you know, uh, an attractive or sexy opportunity. But the opportunity is the opportunity. What should, what, how would you advise them? What, what should they be paying attention to? And how should they be uh, at least seeing, valuing at that moment, Coach? Yeah, I think the most impressive people to me are the ones that work for free and work the hardest. So, like, how are you going to outwork the guys that are getting paid? And it, it almost becomes awkward. Like, well, why, why is this guy working so much harder? Because he's that much more hungry. Cause he, cause he wants that reference and genuine call one day to help him. Like people get entitled quick. People get comfortable quick. And if you're that dude that doesn't have anything right now and just wants to do a good job for good people, then I think you're going places because I've had numerous stories that interns that I've hired myself, um, interns that I've recommended big to others. And yeah, it's temporary, but can you think, like that that's where people get caught up they don't ever want they don't ever want to be seen at the bottom of something where mm -hmm. hey i know i'm only here now but i don't want to share that because i'm embarrassed like that's it doesn't matter what phase of life you're in if you're trying to break into something new you got to start at the bottom <laughs> i mean mm -hmm. you, you, 
like the mountains that you climb, they're not going to just bring you up there. So take one step at a time, stay humble and outwork people. It's really that simple. And then what you'll get paid in, what you'll end up getting paid in is mentorship, core values, belief systems, respect, and hopefully someone that has your back the rest of your life. Right. Right. And it doesn't, you know, even, even with that, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Like, you, you know, people are like six months, I'm not where I want to be. I'm like, you've been doing this six months. Some right. people have been doing it 20 years and they're not where they want to be. And they steep, there's no guarantees, um, but it takes time. And I think, you know, we talk about the instant gratification thing. Like you have to be willing to go all in and enjoy each and every day, as hard as that may be. That's right. Like the most, the hardest thing to do is like work hard when you don't know when it's going to pay off. And that's to me, like the testament of my career. It's like, I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what team I'm going to work for. I just know this is what I want to do. And however that works out, that's how it's going to work out because I'm just going to be determined to make it happen. And now, man, you got three kids and a wife that depend on you. So there is really no other option. You have to make it work. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I got two more, uh, I think, semi-quick things. The first thing, coaches, what, what, what would you say the biggest dealing with the generation you're dealing with? What would you say the biggest challenge is for you? as a coach? Um, I just think like the distractions now, I mean, it's just so hard to keep kids focused. Like mm -hmm. just, you could say the best message in the world. You could give, I mean, what you think in your heart is the greatest value anyone could ever hear. But when that locker room happens, man, when you're not, when you're not around, it's like, that's your team. And, and that's what's it, it like the kids are going to leave. They're going to be a lot. They're going to be without you a lot longer than they're with you. So right. it, I think it's just the life um, that the kids live now. Like I, I, I drove by the other day, a sorority house and it was raining out. There was a tent of like 30 girls under it. Not one girl was talking and every head was down on a phone. Like it was like a movie. I never, I, I guess it hit me hard then, but man, you want to get through to the kids now, you better use your phone pretty wisely. Like, that's why I try to share stuff on a daily basis, like at certain times, like maybe before practice at 6 a.m. or maybe at night before they go to bed so they're not thinking negative thoughts. Like, it's all just try to be strategic with it so you can still reach them uh, when you're not with them. Understood understood um i guess last thing coach we always end with uh do you have a a, a quote that you favor uh that's powerful that's been a powerful thing in your life could you tell us the quote and, and maybe what it means to you yeah um like i i came up with this in michigan when i was an assistant it's just you wouldn't have been born if you weren't ready and i think a lot of people overthink way too much things that they don't need to be overthinking like look you're here for a reason you have a purpose it is your job to find it but it's also your job to pray about it and and really search yourself to understand what you're here for and i think 
I remember like 12 years ago, I was running around a track with my mentor just in between workouts. And he's like, what do you think your purpose is? I'm like, honestly, coach, I really just think however that looks, I just think my purpose is to help people. And yeah, you could say that as a coach, you could say that as a writer, a speaker, whatever, but I think that's it. That's really why I'm here to just motivate, help, inspire, be an example, set the standard because I wouldn't have been born if I wasn't ready for all that. And I think that's what people need to remember. Awesome coach. Well, you're certainly, you, you inspired myself. Um, and, uh, I know, uh, historically I'm not easily inspired. So thank you for that. Um, I, know <laughs> I know you're inspiring a lot of people that I know as well. So thank you so much. Um, shout out to, to you and your family for, um, you know, making all the sacrifices so that you can, you know, inspire people, but work with uh, teams and, and, and cultivate a great environment. I really can't thank you enough for your time. And um, I hope to stay connected. Really. Thank you so much for your time, coach. Yeah, thank you. And I really appreciate you reaching out. And that's why social media is awesome because yeah, it can be like a negative thing at times, but man, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue who you were. You wouldn't know who I was. And this, maybe this podcast helps the person that needed to hear it the most at the right time. And you just never know. And I think that's, what's really cool about the whole thing. And we'll just stay on our own missions, man, and keep, keep going to the top together. So appreciate you very much. 100%. All right, coach, have an amazing day. Thank you again. And uh, good luck this season. Best to your family. All right. Thank you.